Good evening. My name is Mark Thomas, and this is my wife, Kathy. And we've been married for 30 years. We have two children and four grandchildren. And we got a picture. There you go. That's not our kids. That's us. But anyway, um, Kathy was praying on the way over here tonight um, that um, you guys would feel like you were just sitting in our living room listening to us talk. And for the sake of our nerves, we hope that we feel that way too. So here we go. So I grew up in Dallas in a home where we knew we were loved, but to say it was difficult would be an understatement. I accepted Christ at age 11. If you're here looking for someone or something to blame for the way things have turned out, you're not going to hear that from me. Although I was uh, affected by my childhood, poor choices are what led to the life I chose to live. Prideful, lustful, self-centered, selfish would be adjectives that would describe me. It was pretty much all about me, whatever it took to make me happy, my wants, my needs, my desires. I was the oldest of four. I accepted the Lord's sacrifice and loved the Lord at age five. My father was gone all week working and home on weekends. Uh, My mother drank every night, and I remember putting her to bed as a teenager. I learned sacrificial love, but I began to see myself as responsible for everyone else's emotional and physical well-being. I struggled with pride and self in seeking the approval of others. Adjectives that would have described the condition of my heart were fearful, self-reliant, resentful, and even bitter. In high school and college, I had one boyfriend after another, searching for Mr. Wonderful. In college, I was distracted from my vision. I lost, my, lost the way. Uh, my life was ruled by my own and others' fleshly desires, and I blamed my mother's drinking for many of my disappointments. I crashed and burned with a stomach ulcer, a lost dream of being a missionary doctor, a broken engagement, and a feeling of limited freedom due to my family's burdens. I left home with very little money, and my life was going nowhere. So Kathy and I met at a bar in the area. Aside from um, thoughts of how beautiful she was, most of what I was thinking was not good. At the time that we met, and for several several years prior, uh, my life consisted of daily pot smoking and unhealthy relationships. I was nice, sweet, charming, and caring, all to woo and to gain Kathy's affection, all directed by impure motives. Lust was taking over. Although Kathy knew about some of my less desirable side, I was hiding the extent of it. I lied and misrepresented myself which caused her not to know who I really was. Little did I know how God would use Kathy and our marriage to bring me back to him. I was looking to Kathy to fulfill my life. At first, she was meeting all of my expectations, but they would only grow to the point of being unrealistic and insatiable, which would eventually result in a lot of conflict. I was selfish and oblivious to how this was affecting anyone else. I met Mark on May 19, 1984. That was over 30 years ago. Uh, My roommate invited him home with us, and I would not have given Mark a second look. I soon thought that Mark Thomas was the most Christ-like man I had ever met. He helped strangers all day long and did it with a smile. I was attracted to Mark's impulsive nature and how attentive he was to me. We soon were not Spending a day apart, it seemed like we had so much in common, like all of our hopes and all of our dreams and all of our desires. 
I thought I had found Mr. Wonderful. It was all too good to be true. We had a hurried courtship and our focus was on each other. I wanted to make Mark happy and so that included satisfying his sexual desires. We became pregnant and I had a miscarriage. I believe God was punishing me for being immoral. I learned that the Lord gives life and he takes it too. We became pregnant again and then we were married eight months from the day we met on January 19, 1985. I learned it was more difficult to do things backwards as I felt ridiculed and embarrassed about being pregnant before marriage. Our son was born six months later and he was confirmation that God blesses those who turn back to him. He was a wonderful little boy and adored by both of us. I really began to have a strong relationship with the Lord again. And Mark's relationship with the Lord seemed to be waning. Pretty early on, we got pregnant. And I remember to this day telling Kathy's parents she was pregnant. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. But her parents handled it with mercy and grace. I made promises to Kathy and to her father that I didn't keep to marry in the church that she'd grown up in. And to raise our family there. So at 21, our son was born. I was, uh, it was an exciting time for me. I was excited about providing for him what I didn't have growing up. I quit using drugs and became completely focused on work. I was trying to prove that I could make this right. I had no men in my life that were good influences. And I didn't seek godly men or godly role models. I had overemphasized sex on both I'd overemphasized sex both before and in our marriage. I manipulated and got angry to get what I wanted. I had a lot of sexual lust directed towards Kathy, and when I didn't feel that my sexual needs were being met, I went elsewhere, all along justifying it in my mind. In February of 1988, Mark started a company and worked out of our home. Eventually, this decision would prove to reveal bitterness and resentment in my heart. I felt he made the decision to start the business impulsively and without me knowing, and I mourn not being able to just be mom. After a few years of attending two churches and me growing by leaps and bounds and being very involved in mine and the Christ's Pregnancy Center, uh, God decided to turn my desire for Mark to be the spiritual leader in our home inside out for me. Mark asked me one Sunday morning to go to a different church with him, and I did. I was pregnant with our daughter when I envisioned the Lord looking down on Mark and I quarreling about everything, but mostly about where and how we were going to relate to him and realize that if our son and, my, and our unborn child quarreled about how they were going to relate, relate to me, it would break my heart. We were breaking the heart of God and I couldn't do it anymore. I could go anywhere and my relationship with Jesus would remain. My pregnancy was very difficult but I experienced God's healing love in the miracle of our daughter's healthy birth in 1989. She was full of life and joy and a delight to everyone. We attended that church for 25 years, and I saw the Lord meet the desires of my heart, and Mark truly is the spiritual leader of our home. The Lord blessed our lives. We started attending a church together where I began to allow men to speak into my life, and they discipled me. This is when I began to truly make God the Lord of my life. And I grew a lot. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. One night, in the middle of one of my manipulative episodes, the Holy Spirit spoke through Kathy, and she said that it was as if I had a spirit of lust. She spoke the truth in love, 
At that point, I was at the end of myself. It hit me hard, and later that night, I cried out to God, and he delivered me. That night, he showed me that a life of not guarding my eyes or my heart had allowed lust to take up residence in me, and that apart from him, it would only, it would only revert back to where it had all started. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature he will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit he will reap eternal life. And also Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In the spring of 2001, um, a tumor was found in our daughter's foot. We had prayed for healing, and I remember asking Mark, do you have any unconfessed sin? Because I've confessed everything I can think of and cried out to the Lord, so maybe it's you. In June of that's that, not supposed to be funny. <laughs> in June of that year, Mark took me to dinner and told me that he wanted me to know him and that he wanted to share something with me that could upset me. He shared that he had used drugs while we were married, and this was news to me, and I was very sad. I was and distressed. It was in his past and he regretted it. In July, Mark took me to dinner to confess that the engagement ring he had given me 16 years previously was not actually purchased on the up and up. And I went for a walk alone with the Lord to think these things through and on my walk I felt like Mark was still keeping something from me. And then I heard an audible voice say in fidelity, I remember asking the Lord if that was his voice I heard or what that was, and a still small voice inside repeated it, and I began to softly weep. How would I forgive this if it were true? I felt alone, no one but the Lord to speak to. I decided that if Mark ever confessed this, I would choose life, to stay and to forgive. A few weeks later, Mark confessed to having been unfaithful since we were first married, and on many occasions. I told him that the Lord had already revealed this to me, his unfaithfulness, and that I was choosing to forgive him and to work things out. Romans 5.8 had been my verse during that time. God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinning, yet sinners, Christ died for us. I knew that if I were ever going to become like Jesus, Christ-like, I would have to forgive like he does. Mark was ecstatic and wanted to tell everybody right then about how God had prepared me for his confession and how I had forgiven him. And I was devastated. I had just learned that what I had only reasoned through was actually true. I asked that we not share it with everybody just yet. I struggled with why God had allowed this even to happen. I was living sacrificially for him. If he loved me, why didn't he prevent Mark from being unfaithful? A couple of mornings later, in my quiet time, the Lord revealed to me that I had a pride issue. I was full of self-righteousness and pride, knowing that I had not fallen into temptation. Mark's brother was coming that morning to visit with his new bride, so I was putting stuff in the attic. When the attic stairs collapsed, sending me several feet through the air and landing me on my neck. During the fall, I remembered my unconfessed pride and began crying out to the Lord to forgive me for my big pride. Uh, September 11th was a hard day for me. I remember watching the towers fall and thinking, that is how my marriage feels, completely decimated. 
trust needed to be restored. Our children were, the, were my delight and became a big focus for me. We were very intentional about doing a perfect job parenting, which led to being overprotective. From the outside, most people would have thought we were perfect parents. Little did I know, Kathy and I had begun to idolize our kids. Our, our daughter became sick, and our relationship was a shell except for the kids at that point. We fought a lot and rarely resolved in our differences. Contentious would be the word that I would use to describe our marriage. James 4.1 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Do they not come from the desires that battle within you? I had lied and kept so much from Kathy and wondered if my sin was causing our marriage to be in such a bad place. I had confessed and repented to the Lord, but not to Kathy. I had years of sin against her. I didn't want to confess to just clear my conscience. For years it ate at me. Years before, one of our pastors had said that he wanted his wife to know him and to love him. And that struck a chord with me. I really wanted Kathy to know me and to really love me. I didn't want my sin affecting our marriage, Kathy, or our children. I knew that it was a risk and wondered if it would, what would happen if she didn't like me anymore once she knew me. Was it even something I should do, what should tell her, because it may devastate our family? I prayed through it and sought out godly counsel. I thank God today that he didn't sear my conscience. Psalms 32, 1-4 says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose the Lord, who sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through the groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors there is safety. The next spring, Mark and I saw our associate pastor for help in repairing and restoring our marriage. Mark and I shared with our best friends about the infidelity. And this began one of the most difficult seasons in my life and in our marriage. My mom died. Our daughter continued to have serious health issues, and our son went to college. We were always there for our children, putting each other last, thinking we were being good parents. When our daughter went to college, Mark and I struggled to figure out how to do marriage without children. We finally started to see a counselor who helped us to face some truths about ourselves. We realized that in our effort to be good parents, we had somehow slipped into worshiping our children. We really struggled as the Lord and our daughter pried our fingers off her day-to-day life. Kathy and I began to face the fact that we had swept many of our conflicts under the rug in the busyness of life and in the pursuit of our children. Kathy had to learn to trust that I was for her and that I wanted to grow in hearing her concerns seriously. I had to learn to trust that Kathy was for me and that she wanted to grow in celebrating with me what brought me joy. For the next three years... We worked on our marriage, and we worked to rebuild our relationship with our daughter long distance. We found ourselves still struggling with communication and conflict, struggling with communication and conflict. After being led by the Lord to change churches in the summer of 2013, we started attending Reengage. Mark and I have learned to listen to each other with the intent to really understand and give each other the benefit of the doubt. That our relationship with Jesus is our number one priority and that we are each other's number two priority. 
that the ways that we dealt with conflict were not helpful and that we help each other become more like Jesus by being each other's full-length mirrors. I am not worshiping others anymore. I worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords only, and the Lord is my Mr. Wonderful. My life verse is John 15, verse 5 and 8. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. This is to my Father's glory. So that that's, you hang on one second. Uh, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Go ahead. I got distracted by the picture <laughs> there. That good-looking family. Yeah. So that's where we are today. And hearing the pitter patter of all those feet, it is like where you're in my living room. Hearing, hearing all the little feet running. <laughs> so if you're here tonight and you feel like your life is falling apart, it might just be that it's falling into place. We're still learning. We, we, we are still learning and have not arrived yet, but by, by, but by God's grace, we're here tonight working out our salvation. I definitely have not gotten what I deserved, but we have received far more than we could have ever imagined. Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thanks.